The 2023 NFL Scouting Combine has officially come to an end, and it is Monday. We combine those two facts, and we have a post-combine mock draft Monday here on the show today, also talking about Lamar Jackson's franchise tag situation with the franchise tag deadline coming up tomorrow. We get into more mock drafts on Twitter and so much more coming up next here on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire. We're here, as always, today on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for being here with us today and tuning in, making us your first listen here on Locked On Ravens. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms, including over on YouTube in video form. So be sure to like this video on YouTube and subscribe to the channel and also follow along in audio form wherever you get your podcast. But we are here today. It is Monday, which means we have another Mock Draft Monday. And in this edition of our Mock Draft Monday, it's the third one for us here in 2023. We're going to put a little combine twist on it. And the Ravens, I had them. And of course, I put out a Mock Draft Sunday every Sunday for the Ravens that I review here on Mondays on the show. And I did athletes, 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 combine standouts is what the theme is going to be here today for my mock draft. So a full seven rounder where I picked the Ravens combine standouts from what we saw at positions of need and what the Ravens could be looking for there. So we'll get into my picks, why I picked these guys in the first segment. Then in the second segment, we do have to talk about Lamar Jackson. I know you may have heard me say that once or twice before on the show, but it's a pretty big deal. And, and it's a bigger deal now because the franchise tag deadline for the Ravens and well, for the league is tomorrow, March 7th, 4 p.m. Eastern time. A very special day, March 7th is. And for Baltimore, it means that it, they're, one way or another, we will have, I guess, a domino fall in the Lamar Jackson situation. We'll talk about what that domino could be. There are many different ones. So we'll get into what the ramifications and the benefits for each of those would be for the Ravens. And then in the final segment, we'll look at mock drafts from Twitter that we got under my mock draft that I put out there. Again, thanks for all the engagement there. I really do appreciate that. So let's dive into it. Plenty of content here on Locked on Ravens. Before we do that, though, again, be sure to like and subscribe here on YouTube and video form. We are a five-day-a-week the Other Ravens podcast, so any Ravens updates, news, analysis, we have it here for you Monday through Friday, obviously in video form, but also obviously in audio form. Thank you to all the audio listeners out there. If you want to listen one day on video and then one day in audio, you can do that. It's the same show, both audio and video form. So if you're on your way to work or on your way from work, wherever, whatever you are doing, thank you for tuning in here in audio form. Be sure again to follow along wherever you get your podcast. But let's not dive into, again, my mock draft that I did here for the show today. Put it out yesterday, so if you follow me on Twitter, you got a little sneak peek. You can always get a sneak peek of the mock drafts I do before the show on Sundays on Twitter. But with my first pick, again, sticking with the combine standouts and starting there, I did pick Deontay Banks, Maryland corner at number 22. And this to me is a pick, obviously, Deontay Banks did a – he was one of the combine standouts through and through – Ended up running a 4-3-5-40, had a 42-inch vertical, 11-foot-4 broad jump. That those, those are first-round numbers. I think Deontay Banks definitely solidified himself as a first-round guy here. And it's interesting because he's 
had, you know, the 2021 season ended early for him with an injury, but I think improved during 2022 and he can play press. He can play a couple of different types of press and he's a very physical guy. So he, you know, like Marlon Humphrey will get into guys really early. He's a strong corner too. He disrupts guys at the line. He's super, he's like, he's a physically impressive guy too. Six one, 200 pounds. He's a player that I think the Ravens would benefit from having next to Marlon Humphrey with his size and with his length. He uses his athleticism really well, too. He's good at reacting to things. I think very good reaction times. So he uses his athleticism to get into positions and into plus positions to make plays on the ball. The injury stuff is real with him, but he's not a guy that's going to, you know, miss a full season every single year. But you do have to be careful, I think, with the injury concerns with Deontay Banks. He's not actually a fast guy either, not a super – like I know that the straight line 40 was great, but he's not like top-end speed 4-2 type guy. But again, he showed at the combine that he is still a fast player. So to me, I think with a need at corner and with so many corners, like there are probably probably 10 first-round corner prospects. I don't think 10 guys will go in the first round, but Deontay Banks I think is one that will. You know, if it does, he could honestly – his combine performance might have honestly pushed him up draft boards, but I think if Baltimore could snag a Deontay Banks, that is a pure, you know, starter-quality guy, I think, off the bat, and that's what you want. You know, I think in this situation, if you're taking a corner in the first round, you want immediate production, and, and I think Deontay Banks, he, he, he could give that to the Ravens for sure. So that's who I had – at number 22, moving on to round three, obviously, you know, second round pick still hurts, still hurts. I'm sure it hurts the Ravens too, but I think it lessens the blow that they got Roquan Smith out of the book. Regardless, number 86, I had the Ravens taking Cedric Tillman, the Tennessee wide receiver. Now, Cedric Tillman, it's really interesting. A lot of people are talking about his teammate, Jalen Hyatt, but I think Tillman to me is he kind of fits the profile of what Baltimore needs a little bit more. He stands at 6'3", right around. 215 pounds and for him he's a guy that at the combine ended up doing really really well for himself had a four five four second time in the 40 and you know i'm not that's not blowing away anyone but i that's still for his size i think a very solid 40 time and then he also had a 37 inch vertical leap had a 10 feet or 10 foot 8 inch broad broad jump and also had 10 inch hands 32 and 3 fourth inch arms so I mean, solid measurements and ended up having a 1,000 yard season in 2021. And that was actually Tennessee's first 1,000 yard guy since 2012 and had a touchdown pass in seven straight games. And obviously, I mentioned Hyatt also, Joshua Palmer, you know, on the Chargers now. He comes from Tennessee as well, called Tennessee Wide Receiver U, the Wide Receiver Factory. So that, that was funny. But for him, Tillman is somebody who is that big body guy who I think actually plays like it he ends up doing really well bending his routes and ends up stacking guys really well really good body control and again leverage at the catch point the Ravens had Miles Boykin this is a guy who had tons of size but didn't play like he was big he played like a small receiver didn't use his size to his advantage I think Cedric Tillman does that and the Ravens have a need for that skill set on their team so I know a lot of people when talking about guys like Tank Dell and some of these other smaller wide receivers. The argument against that is, well, the Ravens don't need another small wide receiver. Cedric Tillman is a big guy. So, I, you know, ball skills are really good. I think he does need to learn a couple routes. He needs to expand that route tree a little bit too. I think where teams utilize him, I think every team 
will probably utilize him a little bit differently. But still, I think that with the combine he had, Tillman probably moved up again, the draft process for him and where he could be taken. So I think it's a solid overall pick. But with the Cedric Tillman pick, I think that, you know, he could develop into a solid number two, number three guy. In this situation, I would have the Ravens trading for DeAndre Hopkins and then having a big four, let's say, of DeAndre Hopkins, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, and Cedric Tillman. I think that's solid. And then he maybe add a couple of other smaller, you know, another draft pick we'll talk about in a few minutes and maybe another veteran. But then we move to round four, 125. Jacorian Bennett, corner from Maryland is the pick. Jacorian Bennett, and so we got both Maryland corners here in Deontay Banks and Jacorian Bennett. And I mean, Jacorian Bennett ran a 4-3-40. That is fast, fast. He improved his stack one of the fastest 40 times. He, he's a speedster, and he ended up doing two years at, at community college for transferring over to Maryland, and he can play in multiple different positions, so he can be a corner. He can be a safety. He can play on the slot. So while he is listed as a corner, I think it could be more of a – he's more of a defensive back in, in the, you know, what people are calling a very versatile player nowadays. And for him, he likes playing off ball a little bit. You know, he's able to – keep his eyes locked on the quarterback. I think a very high football IQ and, you know, he's a, he was productive at Maryland. He he's good ball skills. He's always around the ball. It seems like too. And also a very physical corner in run defense. I think that's a very good thing as well. And also he has closing speed as well to actually get over to blockers and just as a willing tackler overall. Now he is a bit grabby, you know, Marlon Humphrey's also a very grabby corner, but I think that with Jacorian Menace football IQ and what he showed at the combine again, moving up the draft boards here. And I think if Baltimore could snag both Banks and Bennett and then add someone, whether it is via trade or in free agency, and whether it's, you know, sign, re-signing Marcus Peters or something like that, I think that would be a solid revamp of that corner room around what Marlon Humphrey brings to the table there. Then at number 159, fifth round, Andre Yosevis is the pick, the wide receiver out of Princeton, an Ivy League guy here. So getting a big brain guy onto the team here not the Baltimore doesn't have those guys but Ivy League is, is big time and Yosevis ended up having a good combine himself he ran a 4-4-3-40 and is one of those I think he's an underrated player honestly I mean you know people don't look at they don't look at Princeton and say oh yeah you know football factory but he's a big bodied guy again he's 6-4 now he is 200 pounds so you know Tillman was around 6-3-215 Yosevis is 6-4 200 but he was a track star for Princeton and he's someone who a lot of people, you know, you kind of look at him and you're thinking, mm, this is like the perfect body type for an NFL wide receiver. Now, Yosefus is able to use physicality and speed to separate from defenders, has very good body control and also has good route trees or has a good route tree. And is also good after the catch. I mean, he's somebody who there's some stiffness. Obviously, you look to the Ivy League competition. Isn't a wonderful blocker in the run game. So I know for the Ravens, that would be maybe an issue. But you don't have to play him right away. But with his ball skills, with his size and his strength and his his yards after catch ability, his, his athletic profile overall, a fifth-round swing on a guy like Yosefis, I think, is a very good option. But again, people just they look at Princeton and they think, well, how would a guy from Princeton be able to tear it up the NFL level? I think Yosevis could be that guy. Then finally here, round six, 200. Keaton Mitchell, the running back from East Carolina, is the pick. He was actually the running back I picked in my first mock draft Monday. But combine-wise, 
did very well. Ran a 4.3740. That was the third fastest among all running backs. Also had a 10-yard split of 1.48, the top mark of any back. And also that was able to have him show off his elite acceleration. Now he's a smaller back. You know, he's, he's not the biggest running back. He's 5'9", 184. So when it comes to contact, sometimes he can fade away when it comes to contact, but he has elite speed, elite open field ability. And I think the Ravens actually do have a need for that skill set. So I think it works for the Ravens to be able to draft a guy like that. If they do bring back Gus Edwards and don't make him a cap casualty. And obviously with JK Dobbins being, being in a contract year, I think Mitchell could be of use for them, especially if you want to put him in some pass catching situations here or there, I think it could work out for them there. So that was my mock draft. I think, I think it went pretty well. I think again, with all the combine stuff, the draft boards will be moving up and down and guys will be have their stock. It'll rise. It'll fall. But I think for now, Baltimore in this draft gets two corners, two wideouts, which are the two biggest needs. And then a running back as well. I know I could have maybe taken an edge or defensive lineman, but I, I want running back, two corners, two wide receivers. I'd say a solid one for me there. But coming up on our second segment, we'll be diving into a bit of the Lamar Jackson talk with the franchise tag deadline coming up tomorrow so be sure to stay tuned so lots of dive into on the show but first this episode is brought to you by built bar and if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories and you have to try a built bar we just got through the holidays a couple months ago and i know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year and if you're like me or you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise the taste then i've got just the thing for you you have to try built with built healthy is actually tasty and they're so delicious you won't even think they're good for you because they do taste that good and what makes built bar so good is for starters they're covered in 100 real chocolate and they come and unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. They only have 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. We've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run and grab a 13-bar box with hip flavors such as brownie batter and churro. Get your hands on a built bar. You can thank me later. We return here to our second segment of Locked On Ravens here on Mock Draft Monday. Kevin Ostreicher is still here with you. Thank you again for tuning in with us and for all the support. Going for 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. We had 3.5 a couple weeks ago, so we're, we're moseying on up there. And also, again, thank you for all the support in audio form as well. No support goes unnoticed, so thank you for that. But now we're going to get into it. It is Mock Draft Monday, but we're going to move into a Lamar Jackson conversation because there is a big milestone a big date coming up march 7th big day reason for the big day from a ravens perspective is because of the fact that it's the franchise tag deadline and, and lamar jackson at this point seems like a prime franchise tag candidate now this is a, it's a big day because obviously this is going to mean something or, or it'll be big for the ravens to be able to have just some sort of direction and even then there might not be a full sense of direction it's going to be well there's a franchise tag. Now it's definitely there's something, but there could be a trade. There could be an extension, or maybe there's an extension before the deadline. Maybe there's a trade before the, the deadline. I kind of doubt that happens, though, kind of a tag and trade lined up. But if there is a franchise tag, we've talked about what the exclusive and non-exclusive. I'll, I'll go over it briefly again. Pretty much non-exclusive, if they tag him, would be a $32 million one-year fully guaranteed contract. And that would allow teams to negotiate with Lamar. And if a team and Lamar were to agree on something, the Ravens would have the right to match that deal 
or decline it and get two first round picks in return. Now the exclusive franchise tag is 45 million, a one year, 45 million fully guaranteed contract if signed, but that gives the Ravens exclusive negotiating rights. So there's no team. Other teams can get in and negotiate no two first round picks. The only way Lamar would be moved in that situation is obviously if he would be traded and, or, or just refuse to sign the tag in general. And then a whole nother can of worms opens, but Regardless, that would mean that a trade would probably net the Ravens more than two first round picks. In fact, I'm pretty sure it would. And that's why when it comes to the franchise tag, it's definitely not ideal for Lamar to play on the tag if you're the Ravens. And I think for Lamar, it's probably not ideal for him to play on the tag either. It, it seems like either an extension or a trade is the is the best scenario for both parties. Either there's a long-term commitment and you can maneuver the money again. That that depends on the the length and the money and the, and the guarantees, but you can maneuver that money. You can make that first year cap hit low. And it just, it helps with salary cap relief and flexibility. If there's an extension. Now, obviously it's the same thing. If there's a trade, it helps with the, the flexibility because you're not signing a guy to a huge contract, but you're losing a franchise quarterback, but it depends again, what are you getting back? I think for the Ravens, a non-exclusive tag, it's a risk. It's a risk. It personally is not ideal for me. I don't think that's the situation or that's the scenario the Ravens should be taking. I think it, it should be exclusive for them. Now, I, I've seen arguments for the non-exclusive tag. Now, first of all, obviously, the cap hit is lower on the exclusive tag than the non-exclusive tag. But if there's a team, let's say the Ravens give Lamar the non-exclusive tag, and a team comes in with that, let's say, five-year, 250 fully guaranteed, and the Ravens clearly are not there right now. Like That is not what they want to give them. I think a team, again, there would be teams out the door. If if the price for the Ravens was, you know, they say to everybody, hey, our price in a trade is two first-round picks, teams would be out the door because they're looking for a franchise quarterback and two first-round picks for a franchise quarterback is really not that steep. You know, would you trade two firsts for Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts? Or, and, again, quarterback rankings, We that's another conversation. I'm just saying for a franchise quarterback, would you trade two first-round picks? A lot of people would say yes, a lot of people. So for the non-exclusive tag, if the Ravens were to get news, get word of, hey, you know, let's just say the Falcons. Let's just say it's them. The Falcons are offering Lamar a five-year, 250 fully guaranteed deal. It's been accepted. Do you want to match that or do you want to decline it? He goes to Atlanta. You get Atlanta's two firsts. I, don't, I think the Ravens probably de- decline it. I mean, they, they haven't budged on their fully guaranteed stance. Now, maybe the reality of the situation would make them reconsider i don't know and then just getting back to first round picks maybe that kind of sparks something there but again you you just if the non-exclusive tag is what happens does lamar get mad that you know it's only 32 million compared to 45 if he has to sign that i don't know there there are all these different domino and definitely domino effects that happen based off what happens tomorrow because let's say it's the exclusive tag then obviously the ravens have negotiating rights and that can end one of about three ways, you know, the three most likely ways, which is they're able to come to an agreement and have an extension on that. Or there is a tag and trade where the Ravens trade them somewhere, get back. I'm assuming three first and maybe a couple players, maybe more. I don't know. Or Lamar signs the franchise tag plays on it, or he holds out, which I don't think is as likely Lamar said, you know, he loves football, but situations change. And, you know, he, he's someone who just, he doesn't strike me as someone who would hold out. But again, the situation is a bit different from last year, and, and people were even talking about him holding out last year, which obviously wasn't true, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. So, I mean, with Lamar, you have to take all this into account because it's just 
the Ravens have been in quarterback mediocrity for so many years. And look, I understand the, the whole fully guaranteed situation where giving a guy who, regardless of who it is, a fully guaranteed contract if, of this magnitude is going to impact decisions in terms of roster and roster flexibility and how many guys you can have at X position. Obviously the spending goes over more to the offensive side of the ball. You can't keep as many depth guys. Let's say I've, I've talked about it, how the Ravens love those like three years, $16 million contracts and four year, $25 million contracts. They, they, they wouldn't be able to have as many of those if Lamar plays on the franchise tag. And definitely, if it's a fully guaranteed deal, you have to take that into account, too, or over a long period of time. Because, again, the franchise tag fully guaranteed, a fully guaranteed deal. So there have been the people who have said, well, maybe Lamar just opts to play on the franchise tag twice, which is what you can do. So you have those two years of fully guaranteed money, and then you can aim for the fully guaranteed contract in two years. And then the market has probably exploded by then. So maybe that's the route that ends up getting taken here. But obviously with that comes for Lamar, the the injury, what happens injury wise, if Lamar gets injured for a third straight season, does that bring his value down? So again, there are plenty of positives and negatives to everything, but I think what we will see tomorrow is, I mean, I would be floored if nothing had, like if the Ravens just didn't give him a franchise tag, I think that is literally a 0.000001 like continued percent chance because there's just no way the Ravens let him hit free agency. It's either going to be a franchise tag or there'll be an extension or maybe a trade before it happens. But I think with a franchise tag, it doesn't end the situation. There is still either an extension or trade or just signing the franchise tag to happen. But at least tomorrow there will be, even if, if it's just a little bit better of an idea, it's something, it's something. I think we've been looking for that. We've been waiting and waiting and so many people are just so ready for the situation to end one way or the other, because it seems like there's just something new. The national media has picked up on it for the last couple of months. I know that's been exhausting for people. So I think we're all just kind of ready for something to happen. And I think tomorrow we will get something, even if it's not a lot, it will be something to kind of dive into that will be new in the situation but coming up in our final segment we'll be diving into mock drafts from twitter so be sure to stay tuned still a lot to dive into here on locked on ravens we return here it's our final segment of locked on ravens kevin ostriker still here with you again thank you so much for tuning in with us making us your first listen every day here on locked on ravens be sure to subscribe on youtube like this video also follow along in audio form as well but let's now get into some mock drafts here from twitter and again, a great response on this last mock draft. I, re- I really do appreciate everybody who takes the time to send their mock drafts. And I look at every single one. I try to get to as many as I can here on the shows throughout the week. So I'll get I'll, tr- I'll get to as many as I can today. Then we'll kind of go through the week, see where I have time to get more in here. About 20 plus responses this time around. Again, I- I'm enjoying reading through all these and seeing all the different opinions people have here. So let's get into it. And I'll just, again, go down the list, see who I see. So the first mock draft we have here is from Alyssa, who has the Ravens taking Zay Flowers, Boston College wide receiver at number 22. Then Travius Hodges, Tomlinson, the corner from TCU at number 86. Carl Brooks, Bowling Green Edge at 125. Kobe Turner, Wake Forest defensive lineman at 159. And Trey Dean, Trey Dean the third, the Florida safety at 2. 
hundred. And I think this one's really solid. I mean, Zay Flowers is, is again one of the, I guess, big three of Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and Zay Flowers is the wide receivers. That, that people want the Ravens to get in on at 22. I think Flowers is someone who fits what the Ravens want to do. So I like that pick. Travis Hodges Tomlinson, he's only 5'9", but he, he had a great combine. And someone who, despite being 5'9", he can play on the outside. He is that good where he can play on the outside. So that's a pick where you have a versatile corner. So you get wide receiver and corner there. Right at the beginning, which I again, that's what I like. And then you have Edge and Carl Brooks, a smaller school guy out of Bowling Green. Kobe Turner, some defensive line depth, and trading the third, who is is a Florida guy. You got a, a defensive back prospect there. So two defensive backs, a wide receiver, edge defensive line. I, I like this one. A very good job there by Alyssa. And then we'll move on to be more finest, who has the Ravens. There are a couple trades here. I can't see what they actually are, but. Pick 24, Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver from Tennessee, is the pick. Julius Brents, the corner from Kansas State, is the pick at 86. Riley Moss, corner from Iowa, is a selection. Kenny McIntosh, the running back from Georgia at 129. Nick Broker, the offensive lineman from Ole Miss, is the pick at 150. And Thomas Nkoum, the edge from Central Michigan, at 170. So I assume here the Ravens, that they move back from... 22 pick up some extra mid-round selections here wide receiver corner i think hyatt is someone people think that the ravens don't need hyatt's skill set he's not my number one guy like i'd rather have zay flowers or jordan addison or jackson Smith and jigba but hyatt's probably going to go at the end of the first beginning of the second round so i think that's i mean it's value for baltimore it's right around in his wheelhouse julius brents had a great combine he's probably honestly a second round pick at this point so getting him at 86 is really good then he doubled down here at corner with riley moss which i like and then again it's it's then working around the margins with running back guard edge all again running backs another sneaky need position it was a sneaky need for him last year they take tyler Beatty. it's a sneaky need this year kenny mcintosh is the pick here for be more finest so i do like this one i like this one here from be more finest then we have quoting raven who has the ravens taking jackson smith and jigba the wide receiver from ohio state at 22 michael wilson the pick at 86 wide receiver from stanford then Baltimore ends up trading 125 for 129 and 212. The Dallas Cowboys getting 125. The Ravens take Kiu Blue Kelly, the Stanford corner. Then Baltimore takes Jacob Slade, the Michigan State defensive lineman at 159. Bretton Cox Jr., Florida Edge at 200. And then the Ravens end up trading 212 for 237 and 234. That 212 is what Baltimore got in that Cowboys trade. The Ravens take Drake Thomas, a linebacker from North Carolina State at, at 234. And then TJ Bass, the Oregon tackle at 237. So doubling down at wide receiver with Jackson Smith and Jigba and Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson's really interesting. You know, had some good had good tape from the senior bowl, which was good. And I think for the Ravens, pairings Jackson Smith and Jigba and Michael Wilson with Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay gives you a really solid young wide receiver core. And then on top of that, you can hopefully, in this case, bring in some veterans there. So I'd say solid overall. You get the corner. So wide receiver, wide receiver, corner. And then again, working around the edges, defensive line, edge, linebacker, tackle. So very solid here from Quoten Raven. And Tony Yeo says, one more for the road plus Ray Rice 2.0. Uh, Kalasia Cansey, the Pittsburgh defensive lineman, is at 22. Carl Brooks, Bowling Green, the edge at 86. Deuce Vaughn, Kansas State running back at 125. Jacorian Bennett, Maryland corner at 159. And Keaton Mitchell, East Carolina running back at 200. So two running backs here for the Ravens. I'd probably only take one. There's no wide receiver in this in this class. So, oh, look, Cansey had a really good combine, like an in, incredible 
I don't even, I don't, honestly don't even think he's going to be there at 22. But the Ravens, I think maybe if that pick was a Jordan Addison or a Zay Flowers or a Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'd like it a little better. And then with one of these running backs, there could be a defensive lineman taken there like a Kobe Wooden or, or something like that. And plus cornerback here is defensive line and edge. So doubling down on the defensive line pretty much or on, on their front seven, which look, I think that both those positions are, they fall into my hashtag sneaky needs category, but I would rather have the Ravens address their actual needs first. And again, maybe stuff can change. The Ravens could trade for five wide receivers and add five corners in free agency. And then the biggest needs, you can kind of take best player available. But I think this is more of a best player available draft here for Tony Ayo, which look, falls when falls like with the Ravens do that, falls into their MO. But maybe a wide receiver and a corner instead of a defensive line edge combo in the first two picks there for me. All right, Tony has two more. So we'll just we'll kind of go through a couple here from Tony. Jackson Smith and Jigba is the pick at 22. Eli Ricks, the Alabama corner at 86. Carl Brooks, Bowling Green Edge at 125. Dorian Williams, Tulane at 159. Then Brandon Cooks is traded for 200 and around three. Okay, so so Tony had the kind of unconventional mock draft. That was, I think that was the last one he did. I, I did it in reverse order. So the first one here, I like this because it gives you wide receiver corner. I like Eli Ricks a lot. And then gives you Dorian Williams and Carl Brooks, two guys in your front seven. And he says the second one is hilarious. First one would be pretty cool. Lamar Jackson trade here from Tony. It's Lamar Jackson of the Lions for the sixth round, for the sixth overall pick, the 18th overall pick, a round one in 2024, round two in 2024, round one in 2025, round two in 2025. Round, or round one pick six is Quentin Johnson, TCU wide receiver. Jackson Smith and Jigba's the pick at 18. Ohio State guys, A Flowers, Boston College wide receiver at 22. Carl Brooks, Bowling Green Edge at 86. Tank Bigsby, Auburn running back at 125. Stenson Bennett, Georgia quarterback at 159. And then Jalen Mills and the Patriots for 200 around four in 2024 and around five in 2025. And you're talking about a wide receiver <laughs> revamp. All three of these guys, Johnston, Smith and Jigba, Flowers. I mean, look, th that's the cream of the crop right there. You're getting three of the top four wide receivers in this class in the first round. So you have five guys because of Bateman and Duvernay that are young. And just add DeAndre Hopkins. Let's just go all in on the wide receiver position there. You got Tank Bigsby there, Auburn guy. I, I think that's a solid pick. And Stenson Bennett, the classic Todd Munkin pick there from Tony. So three from there from Tony. I appreciate all of those. That's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow, it is more Ravens content from us. We'll be continuing to monitor the Lamar Jackson franchise tag situation. So be sure to stay tuned. So lots to dive into on Locked On Ravens coming out throughout the rest of the week. So be sure to stay tuned for all that, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.